Hello and welcome to another episode of Virtual Legality. I'm your host, Richard Hogue, managing member of the Hogue Law Business Law Firm of Northville, Michigan, and also the owner of a YouTube channel, which is why you see the logo for YouTube, this wonderful platform on which we share videos, in front of you today. Now, as you might suspect based on the thumbnail to this video, I have some complaints about the way YouTube is operating on a particular question. You see here the date for this official blog post from YouTube, an update to dislikes on the platform, dated November 10th, 2021. So it's a few days ago, almost a couple of weeks ago by the time that I'm making this video. But this happened while I was down for the count with a bit of an illness that prevented me from talking to you all about it. I did read it at the time, and my complaints are not that YouTube is running a business. We're going to talk about why I think what they did with the dislike button is happening, but more along the lines of how they treat their customers, whether that's content creators or viewers, by just spewing lies about what it is they're doing and why. Now, that might sound unfair, and certainly YouTube makes a colorable argument about why they are taking the step to remove the dislike count from their videos, but I want to talk to you about why I think that is ultimately at bare minimum, an inaccurate telling of the reasoning behind why they do what they do. And YouTube has done this before, right? Big tech at large, 175 video playlist here on the Hoglaw YouTube channel before it was just about Epic, before it was just about Facebook or Twitch or whoever, was primarily about YouTube itself. You can see here these videos from the distant past where I still have the green thumbnail kind of structure and I was talking about COPPA, the COPPA rule, and how YouTube in 2019 went to its content creators and made them start attesting to whether or not their video was for kids or not for kids in very unusual ways, very poorly communicated to the various content creators, and also not reflective of the fact that the commitment, the obligation under the rule, under the law itself, was YouTube's. It was YouTube that had to settle with the Federal Trade Commission. It was YouTube that was put in front of potential DOJ, Department of Justice Action. And yet, they communicated to their content creators that effectively the creators themselves were doing something wrong and had to hit more buttons, despite the fact that they weren't in control of their website. You could see here I described it as a legal requirement deception, and I stand by that. But when I made these videos... That was only my first real interaction with the way YouTube does business with content creators. And a lot of other content creators wound up reaching out to me. This was one of the big early jumping off points for the channel on these topics. And we see yet again, YouTube making decisions that it wants to claim are for a certain reason, but which really don't pass the smell test. So let's dive in to what they say about what they have done. The dislike count will be private across YouTube, but the dislike button will remain. If you're watching this video, I probably don't need to describe to you exactly what was happening here, but suffice it to say, when you look at a video, you have the option of saying you like it or you dislike it. Formerly, before this change, it would show you the number of likes and it would generally show you the number of dislikes. Now, it's important to note that in the back end of YouTube, content creators could turn off virtually everything that allowed for that type of engagement from viewers, could turn off likes and dislikes, could turn off comments, and that in and of itself got a certain amount of consternation from the viewing public because it looked like if you put up content, you were trying to hide from something. 
which I think is a part of this story. So keep that in mind. How does YouTube describe what they decided to do? They say at YouTube, we strive to be a place where creators of all sizes and backgrounds can find and share their voice. That's the opening line of their statement to the people. So you can already tell which direction this is going to go in. They are going to frame this decision as something that is designed to help creators, especially smaller creators. And they're going to frame it around the very public issue of harassment. Nobody likes harassment. Nobody wants to see people harassed off of a platform. I'm all in favor of differing ideas, differing perspectives, differing approaches. And I think that's fantastic. But that doesn't mean that I'm okay with losing the ability to show whether or not the public is receiving a given piece of content terribly well. YouTube continues to ensure that YouTube promotes respectful interactions between viewers and creators. We introduced several features and policies to improve their experience. And earlier this year, we experimented with the dislike button to see whether or not changes could help better, what? Protect our creators from harassment and reduce dislike attacks where people work to drive up the number of dislikes on a creator's videos. Now, this assumes a number of things. One, that if you are getting a lot of dislikes on a video, on a piece of content, then it is a function of something that they call a dislike attack, where people, presumably outside of the viewing populace and otherwise upset at something that this content creator has put up there, are asking folks to dislike that video on their behalf. So they're looking to protect creators from harassment and reduce dislike attacks. And the way they decided to do this was to get rid of the dislike count. We're making the dislike counts private, but the dislike button is staying, is not going away. As part of the experiment, viewers could still see and use the dislike button, but because the count was not visible to them, we found that they were less likely to target a video's dislike button to drive up the count. Now, again, we're we're looking at this statement and I've already told you that I feel that it's deceptive pretty significantly. So, and I expect to get demonetized for this and I expect YouTube to get angry at me for saying these kinds of things about them because that's just what they do on this platform. Again, they're a business and I really don't hate that about them, but they're often dishonest with what they do and why. Here, they say that you aren't going to hit the dislike button enough if you can't see the response on the video, especially for things that are attacking. You're trying to drive that number up. You're trying to get into the thousands or the millions that you're unlikely to take that step and use that effort if we don't show you the number. That's probably accurate. I'm willing to give YouTube the benefit of the doubt that that seems like something that would happen if you are getting a certain amount of utility or happiness out of seeing that number go up. If you don't see that number go up anymore, on the margins, fewer people are going to do that. However, just like above, it assumes that a video that gets a lot of dislikes is the subject of one of these attacks. And there are reasons that a video or any other piece of content on the internet gets a lot of dislikes. For instance, that it's worthless. Think of it this way. In YouTube, there are a lot of videos that are designed to give you a piece of information. If something happens on your computer, if your bike breaks down, if a piece of machinery you regularly use has an error code you don't recognize, a lot of people go to YouTube to try to figure out the solution. And YouTube, to be honest, is at one of its highest levels of productivity, its highest levels of usefulness for society when people go and do that. And yet... If something is absolute bunk, if it doesn't help, if it isn't communicated properly, if people aren't finding it useful, the dislike button is a very 
very effective mechanism of communicating that to the next person that is looking to solve the problem. And that is going away. Why? Presumably based on what YouTube says, because they are worried about harassment. And yet some content deserves to have a high level of downvotes or dislikes applied to it. In short, our experiment data showed a reduction in dislike attacking behavior. Keep in mind, it can't do that. What it can do is it can show a reduction in high levels of dislikes attached to a specific video. It can't frame out why that's happening. It can't frame out how it's happening. It can only be assumed by YouTube that this is attacking behavior. We also heard directly from smaller creators and those just getting started that they are unfairly targeted by this behavior and our experiment confirmed that this does occur at a higher proportion on smaller channels. And it's a little bit unclear as to what that even means. In a smaller channel, you need fewer dislikes in order to raise the ratio of dislikes in order to affect that channel. You need millions to hit something like a Star Wars trailer. You need maybe a hundred to hit a really small channel. So it's unclear exactly what kind of mechanism YouTube is using to normalize its statistics across those channels. But suffice it to say, they found it to be important enough to take this step. Based on what we learned, we're making the dislike counts private across YouTube. Creators will still be able to find their exact dislike counts in YouTube Studio along with other metrics if they would like to understand how their content is performing. Keeping in mind here that despite the fact that YouTube has said it's removing dislike attacks, what it's really removing, if YouTube is accurate, is the incentive for anyone ever to hit the dislike button. And if you're like me and you think that even negative criticism, that even a dislike is useful in terms of organizing what it is that you put out there, in terms of helping your own content be better able to communicate what you're trying to communicate, YouTube has said, we are going to get you less of that information in the interest of helping creators, while also saying at the same time that creators will still find their exact dislike counts in YouTube studio. So if you are looking at virtual legality, you're watching my most recent video at the time of this taping, you see something that looks like this. Will Xbox or PlayStation actually act against Activision Blizzard? I put this up yesterday and you see 498 likes and you see a dislike button. That's what it looks like to you. That's what YouTube has done. To me, it looks like this. 498 likes, four dislikes. It looks identical to how it has always looked to me as a creator. As a matter of fact, you would be forgiven for forgetting that YouTube has even taken this step if you don't unlog in from YouTube. And I hadn't done so in quite a while until I was looking to make this video for you all and I wanted to see exactly what it looked like to someone that isn't logged in directly to my account. And so YouTube is out there saying, we want to help creators feel safe. We want to prevent harassment to them. We think this is lowering the outside indicia, but you're still going to see exactly what you saw before. So if YouTube's wrong, if it's easier to hit smaller channels, which it undoubtedly is, then if you're a small channel creator and someone is attacking you, or maybe your content is just terrible, you'll still see this number except that YouTube has said it will be less useful to you because we've tried to dissuade people from ever hitting that button. It's all smoke and mirrors all the way down. As YouTube continues, viewers can still dislike videos to tune their recommendations and privately share feedback with creators. We heard during the experiment that some of you have used the public dislike count 
to help decide whether or not to watch a video. Seems like that was its fundamental purpose when YouTube was constructing this. So it's a little bit of a surprise that this would say, some of you do this, apparently. Some of you look at the dislike number. Why do you do that? Huh. We know that you might not agree with this decision. I do not. But we believe that this is the right thing to do for the platform. And they're well within their rights. It's their platform. You will never hear me say that they don't have the ability to do these things. But despite the fact that they have the right to do it, everyone is entitled to their criticism of the step that they have taken. How do they finish? We want to create an inclusive and respectful environment where creators have the opportunity to succeed and feel safe to express themselves. This is just one of many steps we are taking to continue to protect creators from harassment. Our work is not done and we'll continue to invest here. So the entire framing convention that YouTube has put out is that this step was taken to prevent harassment to small creators. This was made even more clear when they were talking about it directly in the experiment note. They say, we understand some of you won't agree with this decision and have used the public dislike count to help decide whether or not to watch a video, but we believe this is the right thing to do for our platform. Why? To better create, to better protect creators from harassment, to help ensure smaller creators and those just getting started can thrive, and to create an inclusive and respectful environment where creators have the opportunity to succeed and feel safe to express themselves. Now, I think all of that is what plays in the court of public opinion, that there is justifiable concern about harassment and people putting their voices out there. And YouTube has leapt on that in order to provide a defensive mechanism for those that might complain about what seems to be a fairly obvious step to do what? To prevent those that actually pay the company money to advertise on its platform. I pulled up a Screen Rant article just randomly here to show that these stories, Nintendo Switch expansion trailer is the most disliked YouTube video, had been out there for all sorts of brands for a very long time. Players, says Screen Rant, are clearly voicing their outrage at Nintendo's decision to aggressively price the Switch online expansion and downvoting the video. That's a voice that those folks had. However, Nintendo is monumentally more likely to advertise on the YouTube platform and with Google in general, remember Google runs a lot of ads across the internet, than I am, right? I'm not running an ad for virtual legality in front of other people's YouTube videos, but Nintendo sure as hell is putting ads for their Switch and their Switch OLED and the products that you can buy in front of all sorts of videos and putting those on YouTube and is a valued partner that makes YouTube money. Again, I have no problem with that. YouTube has had this issue with brands that try to sell on its platform for a very long time. If we look at the list of the most disliked videos on YouTube, you see Netflix getting burned here for their cuties uh, movie on their service. You see YouTube itself getting burned for its various rewind videos and getting into trouble. You see Activision, definitely everybody's favorite video game publisher as of right now, getting burned for its video on Infinite Warfare, etc., etc., etc. You've got these companies that spend money on the platform that are getting articles written about them because of a function on the YouTube platform that they don't like. That's negative advertising to them. Even if, I think if they were really thinking about it, you would see that those kinds of negative downvotes, those kinds of criticisms levied at the company can actually be helpful. Nintendo was made aware of certain amount of public discontent with this announcement by this kind of activity. They might not have liked it, but they were made aware of it and it allows you to change your tact. 
From YouTube's perspective, I completely understand not wanting to have these stories out there. I completely understand these folks putting out messages to YouTube saying that something must be done about this. But when you look at these articles, when you realize that the content creators themselves are still going to be able to see whatever they say here, or when you realize further that without their seeing this button, if somebody really wants to harass a content creator, if somebody really wants to make their lives miserable, there's a comment section for that. And if you can't hit dislike, which is a kind of de minimis ability to express discontent with a piece of content, how much more likely on the margins does it become that someone that hates what it is you just put out there is going to leave a nasty gram in your comments? So what I think YouTube has done, what I think they know that they have done because they're a sophisticated business party is they've made it more likely that you'll receive negative comments. They've made it more likely that you won't be able to respond successfully to whatever might be an issue with your content. They've made it more difficult for their viewers to discern good information from bad. They've done it under the patina of protecting people while still giving them the same information that they would otherwise have and not feel safe around if that is in fact their particular issue. And ultimately, they hit this all with a sledgehammer when they could have hit it with the same scalpel that they have used before, which is an option, a button for creators to say, okay, I don't want to show my dislike number. Maybe I can still show my like number if I just want to have a certain amount of hugs go out there and be expressing how wonderful my content is, but I want to turn off that dislike. Why didn't they do that? It's the same reason why these big companies get yelled at when they turn off comments, when they turn off responses, the proper approach from the internet is to say, hey, you're cowards. You don't want to hear how people feel about your particular content. So YouTube left with this situation and big advertising partners that don't want those stories going out there turned it off for everybody, not because I need to be protected from my dislikes. I like those. I want people to be able to inform others whether or not they liked or disliked my content. But because if you don't turn it off for everyone, it becomes obvious who's concerned about having that number out there in the wild. And what's obvious about that is that it's big media companies that otherwise spend dollars on Google and YouTube. And unfortunately, rather than say that to me, which I would be totally okay with. YouTube, you run a business. You need money to run your servers. You want to make money off of content creators like me. And that money is made by putting ads in front of my videos and within them. If you talk to me like an adult, if you say, look, these numbers were getting out of hand. They were distressing some of the people that like to use our platform. We need to make sure that we have the money to make this available for you, Rick, to make videos and put them out there however you like. Then I have a great deal of respect for that. When instead you blow smoke at me and try to convince me that all of this makes sense when it very much doesn't, well, I've got a problem with you. And like every other point in time when this happens, I will again be looking to explore other avenues than just simply this platform because frankly, I don't trust YouTube to do what is in my best interest and I barely trust them to do what is in their best interest without lying to everybody involved on both ends of the video transaction chain, creators and viewers. And that puts me in a somewhat precarious position. 
This has been Virtual Legality for today. I fully expect this video to be demonetized and for YouTube to yell at me for some manner of something. So please consider supporting the channel separately. We can't do this kind of content without viewers like you. We've got a Patreon. We've got other ways to support the channel listed in the description of the video. Otherwise, just subscribing, upvoting, hey, downvote. You know what? I'll see it. Let me know with a downvote to this video that you can see what I'm talking about and tell your friends that we're having conversations like these every little bit helps. If you did catch this on YouTube, thank you so much for watching. And if you listen to it instead as a podcast, thank you so much for listening. And I will catch you on the very next episode of Virtual Legality. Virtual Legality is a YouTube video series with audio podcast versions presented as commentary and for education and entertainment purposes only. It does not constitute legal advice and does not create an attorney-client relationship. If you have legal questions about the topics discussed, please consult your own legal counsel.